little bit uh, different place tonight. We're going to go ahead into the Psalms and we're going to look at one Psalm, Psalm number 37. Psalm number 37. Does that ring a bell for anybody, Psalm 37? It happens to be like my favorite psalm, so <laughs> I'm glad it's not your favorite because you won't be as familiar with it as I am, and I will maybe uh, uh, look at something that's new to you tonight as we uh, uh, go through this text. Brenda and I were in Frisco, Texas uh, last week, and uh, we pulled up into a shopping center and pulled into the parking place, and, and when I pulled into the parking place, there was this little station there for electric cars and it had a place where you could plug in your car and I thought man how cool you come to, you know your car needs recharging you pull up in there with your little electric car and you plug it in and and then you head to the coffee shop and get your body recharged a little bit and maybe go to the restaurant and eat a nice meal and recharge your body a little bit and and uh, then do some uh, shopping to uh, some retail therapy to lift up your spirits and then come back and you're ready to go. Your car's all ready to go. Well, the Bible is sort of like that little charging station and maybe a lot better than that little charging station. You know, we go through some tough times sometimes and, and it's nice to, to recharge our souls and there's no better place to do that than in the Word. I, I don't know about you, but... Uh, as I mentioned in the prayer, I, I, 2016 has been a really good year for me. I think it's been a really good year for our church, and it's, it's probably been a really good year for you in some ways. But it's also been a difficult year in a lot of ways, a tough year. I know a lot of you have gone through some traumatic events during 2016, and you're looking forward to a better 2017 but by the end of the year, I mean, our batteries, our spiritual batteries are pretty much dead. We've been beaten up so much. And so we need to recharge. And I don't think there's a better place to recharge your soul than to go into the Psalms. And like I said, one of my favorite Psalms, if not my favorite Psalm, is Psalm number 37. And whenever I'm feeling kind of low and kind of down, I love to head to Psalm 37 and recharge my spiritual batteries. So, so let's head there and and get some encouragement for the, for the coming year of 2017. And begin right there in verse number one, verse number two, Psalm 37. Do not fret because of evildoers. Do any of y'all have a problem with fretting? Well, I know I do. I fret a lot. But he says, don't fret because of evildoers. There's a lot of evildoers in the world. But he says, don't fret, nor be envious of the workers of iniquity. You know, sometimes we envy those in power, who, who, wicked people who are in power, or wicked people who are rich. He says, don't be envious of the workers of iniquity, for they sh shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as, as uh, the green herb. You know, like I said, I struggle a lot with fretting, and I don't know how you can watch the news and not fret. I mean, you've got terrorists that are mowing people down in trucks, uh, you've got uh, gangs that are shooting people on the streets in New Orleans. Uh, you've got politicians like our current president who deals with uh, evil, uh, hands out evil things to good nations uh, like he did to Israel this past week. I don't know if you're following the news. I mean, the, the way he th threw Israel under the bus and did it in such, such a, a sneaky, evil way. 
you know, and I say, man, I see those kind of things going on, and I say, man, Lord, well, how you let, why are you letting this happen? And you know what the Lord says? Don't fret. Don't you worry about it. I've got Israel's back. Don't you worry about Israel at all. Uh, don't don't, don't uh, fret because of evildoers. Uh, uh, I'll take care of uh, those people. They're going to be cut down like the grass one day. Then he says in verse number three, uh, hey, man, if I can't fret, what am I supposed to do? I mean, if, 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 and, and, and so uh, the psalmist says, instead of fretting, look at number th verse number three. He says, trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. You know, we, we live in an evil world with a lot of evildoers. And so we have to trust the fact that the Lord is going to take care of those evil doers. And what does he tell us to do? Does he tell us, instead of fretting, what are we to be doing? We're to be doing good. You know, a lot of times we want to throw our hands up and say things are so evil and so wicked and so bad in this world, there's really no good I can do. And the Lord says, no, that's not the attitude you're to have. You're not to fret. You're to be about the business of doing good. You're to dwell in the land. What's he mean by that? You're to dwell in the place that God has planted you. You've heard that old saying, bloom where you're planted. In other words, whatever family God has placed you in, whatever job God has placed you in, whatever ministry God has placed you in, you're to dwell in that land. And you're, and you're to do your very best in that place where, where God has placed you. And you're to feed on his faithfulness. Now, how do I feed on the faithfulness of God? Well, I just ponder his faithfulness in my own life. You know, I've been on this earth for 67 New Year's. I've seen 67 of them. And you know what? I, at the end of that year, I can always look back and I can say God has been faithful. Evil has not overtaken me. Now, I've seen some evil things and some evil things have happened to me in those 67 years. In fact, a lot of it for the first 40 years I brought upon myself. But I can even look back in those days and, and see the faithfulness of God, how he protected me in those years where I was trying to destroy myself and everybody around me. I mean, God is faithful when we're unfaithful. And I can feed on his faithfulness. And man, look at the charge he gives us in verses 4 and 5. You know, God wants, I'm telling you right now before we even look at this, God wants something to do something really special for you in this coming year, in 2017. Look at what he says. And there's only one condition. Delight yourself also in the Lord. Instead of fretting, feed on faithfulness and delight yourself also in the Lord. And look at what it says. And he will give you the desires of your heart. That kind of reminds me of Matthew 6, what Jesus said. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things, all these desires you have. I mean, really, he was talking more about food and housing and those kind of things. But the psalmist takes it one step further. All these things that you delight for in your heart, you will receive. Now, I'm not here advocating name it and claim it not at all that's not what he's saying at all what's the condition you delight yourself in the Lord and then there's another condition really it's the same condition 
Because when you delight yourself in the Lord, you commit your way to the Lord. In other words, you want to do what the Lord wants you to do. If you're really delighting yourself in the Lord, you want to do what he wants you to do. You just can't say, well, man, I'm going to delight myself in the Lord and I'm going to be, want to be president of the United States next year. That's not going to happen. Because obviously God doesn't want you to be president of the United States. He wants Trump to be president of the United States. I hadn't figured that out yet, but I'm starting to figure it out. Because I saw his tweet today and he said things are going to be different in 2020, uh, in 2017, well, January the 20th when he takes office. He, he, Israel's going to be treated in a different way. So uh, we trust in the Lord and we delight ourselves in the Lord and he gives us the desires of our heart. Now, if I'm delighting in the Lord, if the most delightful thing in my life, if my exceedingly abundant great reward is the Lord, what do I want more than anything else? I want a close relationship with the Lord. I want to do the Lord's will. And the Lord says if you seek him with all your heart, you'll find him. If you make him your delight, if he's, if he's your exceedingly great reward, guess what? You're going to receive your reward. You're going to experience God in a way in 2017 you've never experienced him before. If you'll make him your number one priority. If you'll make knowing him your number one priority. And then what he does, he tweaks our desires. He tweaks our desires so that the things that we want to do are the things that he wants us to do. You know, before 1989, if you told me I was going to be a pastor, I would have told you you were crazy. That was the last thing in the world I would ever do. I would become a bank robber before I would become a pastor. I would never become a pastor. And then all of a sudden, I get saved, and, and a short time after that, God calls me into the pastorate, and there was nothing else in the world I wanted to do but become a pastor. Nothing but that. Where did that desire come from? That desire came from my relationship with the Lord. And if you're in a close relationship with the Lord, He's going to change some of your desires. What you have desired, you know, Paul said when I was a child, I did certain things and then I became an adult in the Lord and I put these, those things away. And so there's going to, God's going to change your desires and he's going, to, he's going to make a way to really bless you if you'll delight yourself in the Lord and you'll commit your way to him and trust in him. Trust in him for your dreams. Trust in him for, for the dreams that he's given you. And he will bring it to pass. He will bring those things to pass. But you know what? The closer you get to the Lord, the more holy he becomes to you and the more unholy you see yourself. And you know, there were things I desired early on in my walk with the Lord that I've kind of put away now. You know what I desire more than... I, I want to, more than almost anything else, maybe more than anything else, is to be holy as he is holy. And that's why he says, he says in verse number six, if you delight yourself in the Lord and you commit your way to the Lord, he will bring forth your righteousness as the light and your justice as the new day. In other words, your goodness and your, your fairness, your justice will shine before other men. What did, the, what did Jesus say? Let... Uh, uh, your light so shine that, that men will see your good works and glorify God. 
I mean, isn't that your desire? Not just to, I mean, we've been given the righteousness of God. We're as righteous as we're ever going to get in God's eyes. You are perfectly sanctified if you're a born-again believer here today. You are absolutely, positionally, perfectly righteous. But we want to be practically, practically righteous. We want to live a righteous life. If you, don't, if you don't have a desire to live a righteous life, then I, have a que- I would question whether or not you really have a desire for the Lord. Because as I said earlier, the closer you get to the Lord, the more you want to live righteously before your fellow man. The more you want to treat others fairly. You want your justice. You want your justice, your fairness, your love to shine like the, like the noonday sun. Not in Lafayette, maybe in California. You don't see the sun much in Lafayette, but new, the, you want to shine like a bright sunshine, like the bright sunshine. So in 2017, let me tell you what, we want to delight in the Lord and look at verse number seven. We want to trust the Lord. We want to commit our way to the Lord. And verse number seven, we want to rest in him. You want to you you charge for 2017 and for the rest of your life? Rest in the Lord. Commit your ways to the Lord. Delight in the Lord. Trust the Lord for your future. Commit your rest in Him and wait patiently for Him. You know what that tells me? You got to wait. You're gonna, he's going to give you the desires of your heart. Maybe not in 2017. It might be in 2060 when you finally get them. But you got to wait patiently. You, you can't fret over the evil you see in this world. The Lord is going to take care of you. You're going to see that here in a minute. The Lord is going to take care of you. Even when things aren't quite going your way, the Lord is going to take care of you. So rest in him and wait patiently for him. And do not fret. Do not fret. There he tells us again, do not fret. Because of him who prospers in his way, because of the man who brings wicked schemes to pass. Cease from anger and forsake wrath. He says it again now. You want a good charge for 2017? Here it is. Do not fret. It only causes harm. Harm to who? To your enemies? No, to you. Your enemies could care less if you're fretting. If you're miserable because of what's happening to you at your workplace, you're the only one that's being hurt by it. So what do you do? You just back off and you say, man, I'm a child of God and I'm going to trust in the Lord. I'm going to rest in the Lord. He's going to bring forth my righteousness as the light. He's going to uh, give me the desires of my heart, no matter how evil the people are around me. And I'm going to trust in him and, and do not fret because it only causes harm. Then in verse number nine, he says, for evildoers should be cut off. You know, that person who's treating you bad at your job or in your home or wherever you're at where you're being treated bad, one day they're going to be cut off. All of a sudden, that politician that's, that's, that's doing evil things, one day they're going to be cut off. One day they're going to be cut off. And I wouldn't want to be in their shoes when they're cut off. But those who wait on the Lord, listen to this, they will inherit the earth. You know, he's not talking just about the sweet by and by here. He's talking about now. You will get the victory in this life too. And not necessarily. There's people who have 
you know, you read the Hall of Faith over in Hebrews chapter 11, and some, some got their goodies while they were here. Some of them got sawed in half. But eventually, you're going to get your due, and the wicked's going to get their due. Your due is good. Their wicked's due is, is bad. It's terrible. But the meek shall inherit the earth and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. The abundance of peace. Let me ask you a question. Will you ever have peace if you're fretting about evil doers, those people who are mistreating you? Where's the peace come from? It comes from delighting yourself in the Lord and trusting the Lord. You know, and one day, you're going to get your due. If you're due evil, you're going to get that. What you sow is what you reap. If you sow to good, you're going to reap good. Remember what Solomon said in Ecclesiastes, the wicked stores up good so that the Lord can give them to the righteous. They're working hard for you. They don't even realize it. God's got a good plan for you. He has you in the place where you're at for a reason. And you stick it out. And you wait for that blessing that God has for you. And it very well might come in 2017. Look at verse number 12. The wicked plots against the just. Man, you can bank on this in 2017. Uh, you're going to have people, wicked people, if you're a righteous person living in a wicked world, you're going to have wicked people who are going to do their best to bring you down. To bring you down to their level. Because they hate the Lord. They hate the Lord. The wicked plots against the just and gnashes his, him at, at him with his teeth. Even when you can't see him, he don't like you and he's gnashing. His teeth are gnashing because he can't stand you. He can't stand you because you represent something he doesn't represent. You represent goodness. You represent the Lord and he hates the Lord. He hates goodness. And boy, the Lord is really worried about those wicked people, isn't he? Very worried. Look at verse 13. The Lord laughs at him. What's the Lord doing right now? He's laughing at those people who, who come against him and come against his people. He's not worried about them, so you shouldn't be worried about them. For he sees, he's already seen their end. He sees their day coming. Either they're going to get saved or they're going to end up in hell. Either they're going to get off your back or they're going to be in trouble with the Lord. The wicked have drawn the sword and they have bent their bow to cast down the poor and needy, to slay those who are upright, who are of upright conduct. But listen to this. Their source, the sword that they're using to come at you is the sword that will enter their own heart and their bow shall be broken. What's the Lord think about the wicked? He laughs. He laughs because none of them can touch you. They can bark at you a lot, but they can't touch you unless God allows it for your good. Only for your good. Because all things work together for the good of those who love the Lord and, called, and are called according to his purpose. And so, and I see this as a pastor over and over and over and over again. I see people who are fretting, 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 fretting over evil that's coming at them. And all it is is the devil barking at them. And in the end, when they look back over the years, 
They never were touched by those evil doers that were trying to harm them. Never, not once. They couldn't, because they couldn't get to them because they were, they're children of God. And in the end, the very sword that they were using to come at those righteous people was the sword that got them. Just like Haman, remember Haman? He built the, the galleys to, to hang Mordecai and he ended up being hung on those very galleys. And that's exactly what happens to the wicked who come after you. Look at verse 16. The little, a little that a righteous man has is better than the riches of many wicked. What God has given you, your faith, what God has given you is greater than all the riches in this world. We, we, you know, we, we have no cause to sit around envying wicked people, envying their power, envying their riches, envying their position, because we've been given the greatest position on this earth. We are called sons and daughters of God. And the little that they, the world thinks we have is the greatest treasure of all. For the arms of the wicked shall be broken, but the Lord upholds the righteous. And I love this. You delight yourself in the Lord, you know the Lord. Guess what? The Lord knows the days of the upright. Now you can, man, you can dig into that really deep. I'm, I'm going to hit it kind of in a shallow way because we don't have time to just sit on that, that phrase right there. But what he's saying is the Lord knows how many days you're going to be on this earth. And he knows what's going to happen to you every single day. I mean, the thoughts he has toward you, we're told, are more than the pebbles of sand on the seashore. That's how much he has infinite thought before, for each and every one of his children. And he knows your days. He knows all 365 days of 2017 he knows everything that's going to happen to you in 2017 and what's the bible say all things do what they work together for our good so every single day he's not surprised he's not going to be surprised at what happens to you he won't be surprised and every single thing that happens to you in 2017 the lord knows about it that he also orchestrates what happens in your life if bad things come your way, you can blame the devil if you want to, but ultimately the Lord is in charge of the devil. So if bad things come your way, you, you know, they're coming to you really as a blessing from the Lord. Sometimes it's hard to see until you finish the year, until you finish a few years, but eventually you'll see all the things that God has done for you in every single day of your life uh, as as. Uh, coming from the Lord. He knows the days of the upright and their inheritance shall be forever. God is orchestrating your days to make you more like Jesus Christ because God isn't so much concerned about this temporal life we live here on this earth. He is concerned about our internal, our eternal inheritance. And so, uh, Nobody can touch your eternal inheritance. Nobody. God's going to protect that. You can't even mess with that. No one can snatch you out of the Father's hands. But man, 
you know, things look really bad out there. What if the stock market crashes in 2017? Some people are saying it's going to crash. A lot of people are saying that. It's way, way too high. It's like a big bubble that's about to pop. You want to fret over something? Go home and read some articles about the stock market. What if there's a world war? You see China running those destroyers and aircraft carriers and just taunting the United States and they might taunt Obama. I'm worrying a little, worrying a little bit whether or not they're going to be able to taunt Trump. I mean, Russia? Russia is, I mean, the, the Congress is saying that uh, next week they're going to put heavy, or next session they're going to put heavy sanctions on the Russians for for hacking into our election system. And I mean, I don't think they had anything to do with the results of the election, but they certainly were trying. And I believe that. They're hacking in, a, in our bank accounts. They're hacking in a, every, they're trying to do everything they can to bring our whole economy down, to bring our whole military down. At some point, if that doesn't stop, man, we could have a world war. You, wanna, you, wanna, you want something to fret over? Get, go read all the articles about a possible world war with Russia. Read Daniel chapter 7. And you'll see about a war that is coming with Russia. Read Ezekiel 38 and 39. And you'll see about a war that's coming with Russia. You want something to fret about? Go read the last the chapters about 7 through 12 of Revelation. You'll give you plenty to fret about. And you'll say, golly, it looks like I'm reading the newspaper. You want something to fret about? It's right there. What about a terrorist attack? You think maybe we ought to be fretting over that? No, we ought not be fretting over it, but we certainly could fret over it because they're coming. They're coming. There's no doubt they're coming. They're, they might uh, initiate a terrorist attack that brings down our entire economy. But don't fret. Look at verse 19. They shall not, he's talking about the upright, shall not be ashamed in the evil time. It's coming. We live in evil times. They shall not be ashamed in, in the evil times. In the day of the famine, they shall be satisfied, doesn't do this word justice. They shall be full. In the day of the famine, when things are bad on the earth, God knows how to take care of his own. In the day of famine, if, if the economy comes, you can, you know what, if the, if the, if the economy collapses, if the uh, terrorist attack brings down our economy, if, if we go to a war, guess what? God still knows how to take care of his own. God can put you right on the front lines. He can put you right up under a nuclear bomb that's about to fall. He still knows how to take care of you. Now you'll be, that'll be a rapture, but, 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 uh, but he knows how to take care of his own. But that's not true for the wicked. But the wicked shall perish and the enemies of the Lord like the splendor of the meadows shall vanish. They think there's something, but they're only there for a short period of time and they're gone. Into smoke they shall vanish away. And then he describes the wicked. The wicked borrows and does not repay. But the righteous shows mercy and gives. For those blessed by the Lord shall inherit the earth, but those cursed by the Lord shall be cut off. And I love this. The steps of a good man or a good woman are ordered by the Lord. Every day is ordered by the Lord. 
and every step that you take during that day are ordered by the Lord. Every step. Every step. And you know what? He delights in your way. He delights in your walk on this earth. As you're stepping on this earth, as you're moving on this earth, the Lord delights in the steps that you take. You know why? Because you delight in him. If you don't delight in him, you're not meeting the condition. He delights in making our paths straight. He delights in making our days good. God doesn't want us to be miserable. And I got to tell you, the people I know that are miserable and I, myself at times, I have to include in that category, it, we bring it upon ourselves because we fret, because we don't trust the Lord. We watch Fox News and we say, oh no, it's, everything's about to implode. And we fret instead of trusting the Lord and saying, put that stuff aside. I'm not going to feed on the news. I'm going to feed on the faithfulness of the Lord. I'm 67 years old, and I can't tell you one time when the Lord's been unfaithful to me. And I've been unfaithful to him just about the majority of those 67 years. Probably a big majority of those 67 years. But he's always been faithful. He was faithful to me in 2016, and I know he's going to be faithful to me in 2017. The steps of the good man of a good man are ordered by the Lord and he delights in his way. I love this. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down for the Lord upholds him with his hand. It's like a daddy holding the hand of his baby as he's learning to walk. God's got your hand. God's got your hand in 2017. This passage tells me that you're probably going to fall a few times in 2017. But God has ordered those steps. He's ordered those places where you go where you're going to fall. But he's there to pick you up. What's the Proverbs say? A righteous man, though he falls seven times, the Lord will always pick him up. He'll always get back up. Who gets us back up? The Lord gets us back up. And no fall that we take is a permanent fall. I mean, we can trust the Lord. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delights in his way. The Lord delights in his way. Though he, the righteous man falls, he shall not utterly be cast down, for the Lord upholds him with his hand. He's going to be there to pick you up when you fall. You've got to wait. You've got to be patient. You can't fret. And I love verse 25 and 26. I have been young and I now am old. I can relate to that. Yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken. Not one. I've never seen a righteous man or a righteous woman forsaken by the Lord. I hadn't seen that in 67 years. I've only been looking for that for the last uh, 27 years. But in those last 27 years, I have never seen a born-again believer forsaken by the Lord. I've seen a lot of them fall. But I've never seen one forsaken. I've never seen someone who wasn't picked back up and given the graces of the Lord. Even when I've seen people on their deathbed and it looks like the ultimate fall, it's like the Lord is lifting them on up to a much higher place. And you see that. You see that in their countenance. You see that in their, in their, in their face. You see that in the way they die. 
I've, I've never seen them forsaken nor their descendants begging bread. You know why? Because God orders your days and he delights in making your, your days good. He delights in blessing you. You know why he want, delights in blessing you? So you can bless your descendants, so you can bless others. That's why you never see a righteous man's descendants begging for bread. He is ever merciful. You can't be merciful if you don't have some mercy to show. You certainly can't lend. And he lends unless you've got some goods to lend. But a righteous man has those things because he hasn't been forsaken by the Lord. And his descendants are blessed. So, you want to have a good year in 2017? There it is. Look at verse 27. Depart from evil. Do good. Don't let this world beat you down to a place where you grow weary in doing good. Paul says don't grow weary in doing good, which means you can grow weary in doing good. And the reason we grow weary is because we, we, we lose hope. Things seem so bad that, that we lose hope. And, and, and we can't lose hope. We depart from evil. We don't hang around with evil people. We don't do evil things ourselves. We do good. And we dwell forevermore in the presence of the Lord. We dwell forevermore delighting in the Lord. For the Lord loves justice. And he does not forsake his saints. Never. Never does he forsake his saints. Guess what? You don't seem to be a saint, but you are a saint. No, you seem to be saints. I don't seem to be a saint. Paul calls all believers saints. We're all saints. We're, we're the holy ones. We're separated by God to be his children. We're saints and he doesn't forsake his saints. We're preserved forever. You know when you became a saint you were preserved forever? You got that? He didn't say you were preserved as long as you were a good little boy or a good little girl. You're preserved forever. Right now, you, you're, you're there. You've been sanctified by the Lord forever. That, I'm, I'm, I'm not making that up. That comes from Hebrews chapter 10. Those who believe in the Lord have been perfected forever. You've been sanctified forever. You've been made a saint forever. Your inheritance is forever. You've been preserved forever. But the descendants of the wicked will be cut off. If you're wicked, you can call yourself a Christian all you want. If you're wicked... You know, you certainly can lose your salvation because you, you, you don't have it. And really, I don't know if you can lose what you have, but you're just fooling yourself and fooling other people. You're not really saved. The descendants of the wicked should be cut off. And the righteousness shall inherit the land and dwell in it forever. The land he's talking about there isn't literal land so much as the land of, 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 of God. The Zion, the heavenly Jerusalem, that's what you're going to inherit. You're going to inherit a way of life of righteousness and goodness and peace and joy. The righteousness is going to inherit that land, a place of position and power, a place of trust, a place of eternal value. You're going to inherit that. And you're going to dwell in it forever. Forever. Well, how long is forever? Forever. It's a long, long time. A long, long time. You know, a billion years from now, you hadn't even touched forever. 
That's pretty cool, huh? Billion years of joy and bliss and you haven't even touched forever. I mean, 2017 is going to go by just like that. But forever, it's going to last a long, long time. Forever. The mouth of the righteous speaks wisdom and his, and, and his tongue talks of justice. The law of his God is in his heart. This is not legalism here. This is, this is grace. You know, you know, we aren't under law, but the law is in our heart. The law has been written on our hearts and our minds and our souls. The law is part of who we are. So the law of God is on our heart. If the law of God is not on your heart, if you haven't been born again and changed forever, you're not a saint. You're, you're not saved. I mean, the law, you're, you, saints have the law of God written on their heart. And none of his steps shall slide. You might fall down, but you're not going to be sliding. You're going, to go, you're going to move forward. The Lord's going to take you forward. The wicked watches the righteous and seeks to slay him. He hates him. Those who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution because the wicked hate us. The wicked hates us. The Lord will not leave him in his hand, though, nor condemn him when he is judged falsely. It might seem at times like the wicked have the upper hand, but you're still in God's hand. He's still ordering your days. He's still got you by his hand where you, when you fall, he's going to pick you back up. They might knock you down, but you're coming back up. So wait on the Lord. And keep his way. And he will exalt you to inherit the land. Not just the land in the sweet by and by. The land where God has placed you. He will give you victory in that land. That, that job, that family, that business, that ministry, wherever God has placed you. If he's placed you there. If you're there by your own doing, he'll, get you, he'll, he'll have you tucking running before long. But if God's placed you there, you're going to eventually have victory in that land. And when the wicked are cut off, you will see it. You will see it. You will see it in your lifetime. Those that persecute you, you will see them cut off in your lifetime. If, some, if somehow you don't, you'll see it happen in, in, at some point because it's going to happen to them. I have seen the wicked in great power and spreading himself like a native green tree and looked like he was going to take over the whole world. And then all of a sudden he passed away and behold, he was no more. Indeed, I sought him, but he could not be found. Man, you could mark it down. His day's coming. You can mark it down, but you can also mark down. Look at what it says in verse 37. Mark the blameless man. I mean, take a look at the righteous man and observe the upright. For the future of that man is peace. You know what your future for 2017 is and for the rest of your life if you'll receive it? It is peace. It is peace. God wants us to have peace. He want, and, and when we have peace, we have joy. And the joy of the Lord is our strength. And we have power to do great things for the Lord. So mark that man when you see a man with peace. When you see a woman with peace, when you see a woman with joy, mark them out because that's who you want to be like. You mark the wicked out. You don't want to be like them, of course. 
But most of us are somewhere in between. We've been, we've been saved by the Lord, but we're still kind of doing wicked things. And the reason we're doing wicked things is because we're not delighting ourselves in the Lord. And we're not trusting in the Lord and we're not waiting on the Lord. And we get ourselves in all sorts of a mess. But mark that person who's found peace in the Lord. Mark them down and, and, and Im, uh, imitate or, or follow those people. But the transgressors shall be destroyed together. The future of the wicked shall be cut off. But the salvation of the righteous is from the Lord. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. And so in 2017, you want to remember what he says next, that the Lord is our strength in the time of trouble. Tells me we're going to all have trouble. It's not going to, in this world, you will have many troubles, Jesus said. And 2017 won't be an exception. You're going to have some trouble. Trouble's going to come your way. We live in an evil world. But the Lord promises to strengthen us and to get us through those troubles, through those tough times. He's ordered every single step you take. He's ordered every single day you'll live through in 2017. And if some illness comes your way or some job loss comes your way or some disaster comes your way, the Lord ordered it. And so we got to trust the Lord that it's for our good, that he's working good in that situation. And he's going to lift us back out of that situation. And those who have try to put us in that bad situation, we'll see them fall. We give the, the Lord time. In verse 40, the last verse, he says, and the Lord shall help them and deliver them. He shall deliver them from the wicked and save them. Why? Because they trust in him. You try to take things in your own hand when you're in trouble, you're just going to get in more trouble. You trust in the Lord and the Lord will save you out of that trouble. So there it is. Talk about a great charge for 2017, a great charge for 2018, 19, and so on, the rest of your life. We trust in the Lord. We trust him because he orders our days. He orders our steps. And we delight in him. And so he delivers us from all evil. And he gives us the desires of our hearts. Can it get any better than that? To have the desires of your heart in 2017? Trust in the Lord. Delight in the Lord. And I bet you, you have a happy, happy new year. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we just thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your word. And we thank you for uh, just the privilege to be called your children to be called saints of God. Lord, we, we are so blessed. Lord, and help us in 2017 to do what the psalmist says, to feed on your faithfulness, Lord. To ponder those years that have gone by and just, just realize that, that you've got us to this point, Lord, you're going to get us through the next year. And not only do you want to just get us through the year, Lord, you want to Give us the desires of our heart. Lord, if we have some desires that, are, that aren't your desires for our life, Lord, we, we ask that you change those things. And, 
Lord, just put in our heart the things that you would have us to do. We want to do good, Lord, as, you're, as you exhort us to do in this psalm. We want to do good. We want to do it in spite of all the evil around us, in spite of all the discouragement, Lord. We want to trust in you, wait on you, and have a great 2017 in which we honor you and, and serve you for your glory. Father, we just thank you for uh, all we have through Jesus Christ, through his blood. I pray in his name. Amen. Y'all have a happy new year.